everyone. Welcome back to Once Upon a Binge. I'm Paige. And I'm Maureen. And today we're going to be talking about the book that we have been sort of alluding to the entire time we've been recording this series, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which is a prequel to The Hunger Games trilogy. It's finally happening. We're finally here. This is technically the end of our journey, though I'm sure we'll come back when whatever movie comes out, since it's already optioned. (laughs) That can be like a bonus episode that we just throw up when (laughs) we see it. But uh, yeah, I... I took a break while reading this book because a lot of things were happening in the real world. It was the end of May, and obviously all the George Floyd murder happened, and there were protests for Black Lives Matter, and that just sort of spilled over, and I had to put on this book for obvious reasons we'll get into as we discuss it. Whereas I finished it in like a couple days, like two weeks before that, and also... We technically, at this point of recording, haven't launched the podcast, but we have a plan to. So <laughs> if you have an idea, if like, I'm sure we'll put it in the show notes of like when we recorded these. But once you get mm-hmm. to this episode, you can understand where we've been. It's been a minute. Like listening back to the other podcasts while you've been editing them has been like, wow, I was very happy at the beginning of this year. I felt like I like thought like there was like all this hope for 2020 and then like as we've been recording the later episodes it's been like well (laughs) we're here guys first it was like covid and then it was all of this stuff that's been happening and at the same time we're reading about a dystopia book while feeling like we're living in a dystopia (laughs) yep we really are but our plan for the next season if you will is a lot light not lighter it is lighter to an extent (laughs) but we'll get there uh, do you want to give a synopsis of this book? Because I feel like if I start it, I'm just going to get angry. And I feel like I'm trying to save myself. <laughs> yeah, I can. So basically, this book is about Coriolanus Snow. I don't know that I can ever say his name the same way every single time because it just doesn't mm. compute. I just want to say Coriolanus or something. I don't know. Anyway, it's about <laughs> Snow, who, if you will recall, is the president from the original Hunger Games trilogy, and it's about his story in a way, and it's really about the beginning of the Hunger Games. Technically, they're in the 10th Hunger Games, but the Hunger Games as we know them, it kind of starts here. So we follow Snow and his tribute, whose name is Lucy Gray Baird, who is from District 12. We follow them in the Hunger Games, and we follow them through the Hunger Games, which is slightly boring. We'll get into that for <laughs> for reasons. But um, then there's a little bit more of Snow's story after the Hunger Games as well, but that's kind of spoilery. Essentially, he becomes a peacekeeper, and then other things happen, and yeah, I, I'm not good at... <laughs> recapping things but that's like basically that, it's like that's basically it <laughs> it's snow's story but it's thankfully one of the few reprieves we have from this book is it's not a humanizing snow book mm-hmm. yeah i feel like yeah I, I was already angry at this book i cannot imagine the levels i would be at if she was trying to paint him as a sympathetic character as well you would have gotten way more screaming voice notes <laughs> from me <laughs> No, and same for me. We would have had a lot more screaming, a lot Mm -hmm. more anger, and I think I have a lot more distance from it at this point, and I also read it before um, the world blew up further than it has 
or really everything came to a head. Not really blew up further because things have already been here and happening. Mm-hmm. Racism is real and apparent in everyday life. It just a lot of things came to a head and also COVID. So yeah, I had a lot more like, <laughs> oh, I'm like processing things. I think if I had finished it after or like around when you did, my feelings would be very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I've... The one thing, like, I think, like, this is going to be over, like, it'll be the topic of this podcast is, like, was this book even necessary? Because that's what I was struggling with while mm-hmm. reading it. Because it sort of felt like I under, like, her writing is still fine. Like, it's sort of heavy-handed with all of the, uh, like, allusions to the other trilogy. Like, it, it gets heavy-handed at points. But outside of that, like, the theme she was exploring and stuff was very similar to what we saw in The Hunger Games. So I didn't mind that aspect of it. It's just, like... The chosen perspective, why was this a story we needed? Like, was she inspired by Trump? And then I realized, like, this story isn't revolutionary for a marginalized person. We all understand how somebody like this would get into power and the kind of mentality they would have to have to be able to, like, dissociate and think of themselves as, like, better than somebody else. So it felt like this wasn't written for, like, an audience in mind of, like, it wasn't written for a marginalized person. It was written for somebody who maybe needed to read this to realize they're being an asshole, but, like, at the same time, are they actually going to see that, or are they going to sympathize with Snow? (laughs) So was it necessary? Exactly. And that's really, like, that is the main point of, like, this truly isn't a book written for people who felt like they could identify with Katniss, if that makes sense, in Mm -hmm. the first book, to an extent. Like, she's the underdog. It's a good versus evil kind of story, and that's not this story and Mm -hmm. personally I don't think that she did a good enough job for it to be obvious to the white people especially like the white straight guys that it needs to especially from (laughs) reviews that I saw one of which Mm -hmm. was like she did a very bad job of taking Snow as a good guy and turning him into a bad guy and I was like "Mm, that wasn't that wasn't the book that was not the point of the book whatsoever so you apparently missed it which means a lot of people probably missed it i feel like it was obvious from the first chapter though because we get snow discussing like oh like i'm poor i have to eat this cabbage soup but he's very resentful of this fact Mm -hmm. because he knows what his privilege is and he feels like he's been wronged because the world has taken that privilege from him so the fact that people didn't realize that from the first chapter is like baffling to me I don't get it either, but apparently you can miss that. And especially because you have Tigris, his cousin, as a foil for him, who is, like, a perfectly fine human who has done the same, if not worse, things than him, or, like, had to do worse things, and he's still like, uh, I can't believe it. Okay, and I have a question about Tigris. In a previous episode, I was like, oh, like, Tigris is introduced, I'm worried about this, because she really hates Snow in the trilogy. Like, she smiles when Katniss says she's come to kill Snow. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel from this book like we've gotten any sort of, re- like, conclusion as to why she suddenly, like, would kill her, like, be happy that her cousin is gonna die. I think we just have to assume, even though, like, it sucks, that we don't get any of that. But we know from Mockingjay, I believe, that he, like, 
basically banned her from being a stylist in the games. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of like deterioration of their relationship up to that point. As we see with Snow in this book, when someone no longer serves him, he's like, all right, bye. I'm just going to cut you out of my life. And I'm sure that happened to Tigris. I'm sure. Yeah. It's just, like, weird because, like, of all the things that they, like, that she mentions in this book and, like, ties up, like, the Hanging Tree song and this stuff, it feels kind of weird, like, you introduce this character relationship, but you don't efficiently close it. Because I don't think there's going to be a sequel to this, right? I think it's just, like, a standalone. It felt very... It felt like a closed story to me, but I'm yeah. also, like, she could probably write There more. was somebody who told me they thought it was setting up for a sequel, and I was like, uh, no? I can't remember... I don't even want to get it to get my books. I can't remember if each book ends with the end. Like, does each book have those words printed on the page? Because this did, and that's why I thought it was, like, a standalone. Yeah, I, I don't think so. So yeah. I would assume it's the only one, like, if only to, like, not ever be in Snow's perspective in Snow's again. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be interesting on another level to, like, see some more of the history which I wish would have been more apparent in this book not from Snow's perspective but I also don't know how that would really go yeah I feel like we didn't really get that much new world building because it was like the bare bones that we know where things are gonna go so it was a lot of oh we're gonna introduce like betting but we already know betting happened so it's not like we were given new information we were just shown how everything we already know came to be Mm-hmm. And it felt, like, sort of convenient at points. Like, some of the things she weaved yeah. into the story. It was heavy-handed. It was very convenient. It was very, like, let me explain literally everything from Hunger Games and how it ties back to this story that happens in, what, like, one year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, less than a year. A summer. <laughs> it was a summer. <laughs> What? Yeah, I just, there's a lot of, like, nuance and nuanced discussions in this book that I think a lot of people just missed. I just scrolled through some of the, like, one-star reviews, and while a lot of them are very valid and kind of in the same vein of us of, like, is this book necessary? There's, like, a no plot. I guess it's a character story, but Snow is not interesting enough, and no one has any development or nuance. Mm-hmm. And they basically go on to be like, the games were boring, there was no plot. And I was like, mm, I think you kind of missed what the book was about, but all right, go for it. Yeah, Snow's a character, he doesn't really have much of an arc other than he becomes more confident in himself. Yeah. Like, that's the one, that like, he doesn't become more evil to me. He's He was evil throughout the entire, like, he was just bad the entire time. Yeah. Everything he was saying made me angry. When he was talking about Lucy, how he wants to, like, own her, he gets to keep her if she wins the games, made me angry. <laughs> yeah, so, I think, like, I described it to somebody as, like, he, the things he does earlier on in the book are still bad. They're just, like, more quote-unquote palatable for people and they're not like as bad they're not like straight up murdering someone but he's talking about like owning lucy like you said he's talking like really terrible stuff we're just like basically betraying everyone in his life who doesn't meet his purpose so yeah i feel like also he has a lot of contradict like he does believe he not that he's a good person. I don't think he thinks he's a good person. I think he believes he's better than everybody. Oh, for sure. Because he'll, he ha- he'll have these, like, conflicting thoughts. Like, oh, I'm not a sexist. But at the same time, he has, like, these ownership feelings towards somebody. And yeah. he believes that Tigress 
sleeping with people for money or whatever, like the prostitution that she might have had to do, he becomes upset at her. Yeah. Theoretically, which was like, she did this for you and you are resentful to her for bringing down your name. And I'm going to try to stop hating Snow (laughs) so vehemently. No, I mean, we can fully hate Snow because he's the worst and he continues to be the worst. Yeah. It's like he does believe he's better than everyone else and he can justify anything. And I think that's where Suzanne was trying to get to in a way of like, can we as human beings justify anything to an extent? Like he, like you said, he, I think he doesn't think he's a good person, but he can justify and be like, I can do this and this is okay for me to do because of this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like the whole idea of like, sort of like how kings were divinely chosen or whatever. So they got to rule. It sort of feels like that. Like he feels he was divinely minus the religion because there is no religion in the Hunger Games. I just realized this week (laughs) for the first time, even though I read that entire trilogy. (laughs) Yeah, that was a really great realization that Paige had and then she shared with me, which I think it's like one of the things where it's like, yes, you can take religion out of it and people still have the same kind of things, but there's so much of like religion and tied to a lot of terrible people and what terrible people do and excuse in the United States, at least, that it's like hard mm-hmm. to separate it and not like relate him to people like that when they're still using religion as a weapon, essentially. Yeah, I feel like in place of religion, she used philosophy. Yeah. Because it was a lot of, like, at our base core, what are humans? Are Mm -hmm. we animalistic? Are we going to be brutal to each other? Or, like Lucy thinks, are we innately good, but it's the world that makes people make bad choices? Mm -hmm. And from Snow's perspective, I understand why he thinks the world is brutal, because that is entirely how he sees it. He's so scared of not having control that he literally just, like, throws away people's lives yeah to protect his own i think one thing that we talked about kind of like along those lines or like along storylines really is that this book was a little bit clunky and could have Mm -hmm. done with a lot more editing but like the last 60-ish 50-ish pages basically from whenever he decides he's going to betray sejanus on are like very well written and super chilling and that's really like a turn in his character where he's like, okay, I can justify even further. Like, I can justify betraying my friend and making sure he gets murdered. And then being cool with his parents and basically being their adopted son. Oh my god, that part was the... That part really shook me. Like, of the entire book, that was the part where I was like, oh, he's like... Like, this is it completely. He is the snow we know when we meet him in The Hunger Games. Like, this is the point where he's, like, fully reached his maximum assholery. (laughs) That part was, like, just so... That whole sequence and, like, him killing Lucy Gray or Mm -hmm. allegedly... Technically, we never know if she actually dies, but we can assume that she dies. Yeah, I feel like... I was going to say something, and now I just... My brain just clocked out. (laughs) So, for anybody listening to this, I just, like, had the major... Like, my brain just turned off for, like, a good minute. (laughs) But what I was going to say is, it's funny because you say Sejanus... But I read it as Sejanus. I don't know how to say any of these names. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I didn't know how to say any of the names in the original trilogy before, like, I watched the film. So it's going to be another thing where we learn when the... Because there's a movie coming out for this. At least it's been optioned by the same people who did the original trilogy. And that's going to be a whole other... Do we need this movie, though? Do you see what's happening? Read the room. Yeah. Speaking of Lucy Gray, 
she felt sort of like manic pixie dream girly but mm-hmm. like also i assume that's because we're in snow's perspective yeah so he doesn't imagine anybody complexly so i'm not surprised that's what we got but i saw somebody asking the same girl i sent um maureen a video of um a girl singing like some of the songs there's a lot of songs in this book guys so i was many. very annoyed side note one of the worst tropes in books to me is songs i hate them uh she made a video and was asking do we think that katniss is related to lucy Gray? oh i thought that. because of the voice thing i thought that like way back because at least somewhere in her blood especially because it's only like on her dad's side that mm-hmm. she gets the singing from like her mom doesn't have it and prim doesn't really so i immediately thought that like especially when there were some of the like songs that were passed down or whatever i'm sure they were like songs from district 12 but i was like oh she's definitely related to Katniss. yeah like i feel like maybe even if it's not lucy gray one of the covey yeah because they're all alive still yeah so maybe maud ivory or whoever the other ones were whose names i don't remember <laughs> which is yeah. indication of like side characters in this yeah exactly that was a very interesting element that i don't know was explored i don't know how you would have from snow's perspective but like the fact that there was like a traveling circus and they really are like even coded in writing as like romani people like they're like Mm -hmm. traveling circus people who are there to sing and entertain people and then they just get caught when the war happens and they just get stuck somewhere yeah i was wondering yeah about that like the logistics of it but like we'll we'll never know because she's not going to do a prequel to a prequel of like how the world was divided like was that were the districts already in place but people were allowed to travel between them i'm assuming and that's how they got away with like traveling as their like collective yeah i would assume and i mean i'm sure they were just like still oppressed in the districts just not as much as it was like enough that they needed an uprising but Mm -hmm. not enough or not the same as the hunger games yeah i will say one thing about this book that was like better was that there wasn't a lot of gratuitous violence there were moments there were like bouts of violence in it but i feel like it wasn't taxing on me the same way the original trilogy was like the original Mm -hmm. trilogy you were getting it from the perspective of the person who's being oppressed so you're still seeing like the i think the worst scenes in this book are the scenes where the bodies are mishandled of the tributes yeah like those scenes really like those were the scenes that made me put down the book because i just couldn't when they're, like, dragging it behind a cart and, like, just very... Those were the most gruesome scenes compared to, like, how the games usually are the place where we get the most violence in this series. Yeah. It was actually what people did outside of the games that was more gruesome, which was a good theme. But Suzanne... (laughs) Those scenes were so much. And I think a lot of the reason we didn't have that as well is because, like, this is a very, like, lo-fi kind of game. They're literally stuck in an actual arena and most of it takes Mm -hmm. place, like, behind walls that nobody sees. So you can't, like, see anything. And you get some of the things happening, but it's all, like, very minor comparatively. Or it happens very quickly compared to The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. Something else we should probably mention is that District 11 is, in fact, the Black District. Because it is confirmed in this fucking book. Because the two tributes are both Black, and they both die, obviously. One of them lives pretty long. Was he the one that went around telling everybody, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to kill you? I'm pretty sure he was. I think so. Reaper? Yeah. 
Which is a really on-the-nose name for that district as what well. What a fucking name. Yeah, like... <laughs> There's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. <laughs> Just thinking about it, I got tired. I was like, yeah, that, yeah, pretty much. Like, I also have questions about who was the other person? Like, him, Reaper Marcus, who was from District 2. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember his name, but the District 12 boy. I mean, like, a third of them died before the game started, so... Yeah, like, this entire game's... The entire game's was a mess, but that was the point, was, like, they have not finessed the system, but also that made me angry. The idea of, like, nine years before this one, people were just killing each other in an arena for no fucking purpose. Like, it's horrible that there was a purpose, but the fact that they were just doing it, and, like, that just made me even angrier. (laughs) And that, like, it was just happening with, like, nobody even watching or, like, being able to mourn them in a way... Yeah, I think that's the thing is, like, nobody was there to witness their deaths. And it felt worse somehow that they just they just went away and died completely and were forgotten, probably, yeah. besides by the people who love them. It's much more mindless, even though it is mindless. Mm-hmm. It's, like, you can understand how terrible it is, but, like, the capital's purpose behind it and the reasoning behind it, it's still terrible. It's still horrendous. Yeah. But, like, there's a purpose more than, like, just, like throw y'all in an arena after i'm sure they also kept them in the zoo before that too which was like yeah also that was a little annoying that like i i get that he needed to be the one to be like maybe we should give them food but it's like did i really need to be snow but technically yeah technically he did steal that idea from sejanus who mm-hmm. went and was like marcus i'm gonna feed you and marcus was like nah i don't want anything to do with you yeah it sort of like felt in the beginning, before, like, it was solidified that Snow's just an asshole kind of person, um, that they were, like, it was almost like a, look how bad they were treated before and look how nicely they're treated when you met them in the Hunger Games. Yeah. And that just rubbed me, <laughs> like, Yeah, I way. think that made me feel a lot of feelings because I didn't like that comparison, even though I got that we were trying to get the, like snow story the terribleness of snow and like him being an awful person but i was like why do we need this comparison especially when i read a review that was like i miss the glitz and the glamour of the trilogy the first trilogy this does not have like glitz and glamour and i was like "Mm, Mm -hmm. mm, no why yeah and i oh and i was thinking because i'm like i'm looking through my notes right now like i've written as i was reading the book there is a plutarch in this Yes, there is. So there's a Heavensby. So I always assumed Plutarch came from a lower family, not like an old rich, like an old money family. I thought he came from a newer because like what made him turn into a rebel? That's the story I want. I want to know how Plutarch Heavensby became a rebel. <laughs> but I want the Plutarch Heavensby from the movies, not from the book. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now you're valid. True. <laughs> I take that back. <laughs> Plutarch in the movies is played like a rebel, like a straight rebel. That's his whole purpose. Mm-hmm. He wants to overthrow the capital. Plutarch in the book basically sees an opportunity and is like, I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Which fits, I guess, with these characters. I was just thinking of like movie Plutarch and being like, that would be such an interesting story to find out how he became a rebel. <laughs> would actually love that, but alas. Also, something else about this book is like the marketing of it. It felt very oh, much bad. like a celebration. Like, we got to return to the world of the Hunger Games. Like, they did not give you any warning. No. Like, it was just weird marketing to me. Like, it did not make any sense, especially with everything that was going on in the world, to just, they could have been like, this is a book about privilege. Read it. Maybe you'll learn something. 
Instead, Especially they're like, like we're returning now. to the Hunger Games. Yeah. At least they stopped marketing it, like, as yeah. hard. At least if, uh, from what I've seen. I haven't seen anything about it. I'm like, I think you realize why this book right now yeah. is not a good idea. Yeah, exactly. Especially because as a punishment, but not really, Snow gets sent to be a peacekeeper, which is their version of the police in District 12. But really, we learn it's because the doctor who runs the Hunger Games and who's, like, supposed to be, like, the most evil person in this book. She's basically, like, a um, Nazi doctor. Like, she is, like, yeah. the epitome of that stereotype. That's a real stereotype, but, like, yeah. Yeah, like, she actually sent him to the capital, I mean, to the district as a peacekeeper to radicalize him for mm-hmm. the capital. And Which that, real, like, real putting talk. somebody in a position, it just is too real. It's It's too on the nose. It was too much. Like, that's when I put down the book was when he became a peacekeeper and then everything happened. And I was like, yeah, I I need a break because this is literally he's being punished by becoming a police officer. Great. I mean, it is very much commentary on, like, the system and systemic racism. But, like, I think the nuance of that is lost on a lot of people, which makes the book very unnecessary because it's not, like, an outright critique of that or parody, or any kind of thing. Like, I think a good example for me is The Power. There's a lot of, like, nuance when you read The Power by Naomi Alderson. I can never remember her last name. Anyway, (laughs) there's a lot of, like, critique and commentary and nuance in that discussion, but it's outright, like, pretty much stating this is what it is within Mm -hmm. that. Parody is not the word I'm looking for. It's like when you're making fun of something else. Satire satire but like not <laughs> not funny yeah. satire i think this could have been better at being like very obvious satire but in a way that still like hits hard but it was so nuanced that people are missing the mark mm-hmm. that's the problem with like this series is like a lot of people know that it's like about like war being meaningless and all this stuff the original trilogy but primarily it was a form of entertainment for a very mm-hmm. long time especially with more distance from it. You just think of it as something you really enjoyed. So they go into this book without really realizing, like, Suzanne's probably writing for you to unpack all the stuff that she's... It's not just a story. It's meant to be unpacked. Does she do it well? TBD. Like, I I feel uh, like... It needed edited. It really did. It yeah. needed a really good editor, and I don't... I think people were too scared or, like, didn't want to edit the queen... Or, like, Mm -hmm. go against her in any way. And I think it would have benefited from a lot of that. And, like, discussions about, like, is this book necessary before it became published? Yeah. And, like you said, like, it did need editing because it feels like two different books. It feels like the first and second part where she covers the Hunger Games is one book. And then the second book is when he gets sent to the district. Because that part felt like that's what she wanted to explore, really was mm-hmm. the moment that Snow made that final choice to become who he was when we met him, which is when he betrays Janus, gets him killed, and then ultimately tries to kill the person he claims to love just because he wants, he believes he's made for more than what they would have been able to have together. Like, that was the most compelling part. Yeah. And all the reviews I've watched, people, like, talking about it, have said, like, the part they really liked was when he tried to kill Lucy Gray because that was the most compelling moment of, like, conflict. Yeah. That was the only point where we got, like, real serious conflict for him. Where you believed he was fighting against, like, wanting to love Lucy and wanting to be something more. 
Yeah, I almost would have liked less of the games and more going into, like, how he, like, essentially infiltrates and becomes Sejanus, Sejanus's, like, replacement. And, like, Mm -hmm. a better, quote-unquote, replacement for his dad specifically, because his dad wants to be part of this capital thing not and like leave his whole district stuff behind the mom does not but you know like that would have been very chilling and like still hard to read but I feel like would have been a little bit more obvious of what she was trying to say and do yeah also I just realized district 12 boy's name is Jessup and he got rabies (laughs) I forgot that happened and then I wrote down that was the first time I cried this entire book and yes I did cry when he got rabies because it was very sad. <laughs> that was a whole thing of like he got rabies from getting bit by by a raccoon raccoon in the zoo that they were kept in. Yes. Ugh. Also, there was another thing that was sort of like real world that was completely random was the whole like rats are overrunning the city. And oh. then there was a news article about New York where there were rats overrunning the city because they don't get the food from the restaurant since everything's closed. And I was like, Maureen, <laughs> we are literally three <laughs> steps away. <laughs> it is happening. We truly are. It's just like, there's a lot in this book. I think I landed on like, at least like initially gave it a three because I'm just like very middle of the road of like, Suzanne, I get what you were trying to do. I understand it. I don't think this book was good or necessary but like I get what you were trying to go for with it Hmm. yeah I feel like it's like a two for me just because it yeah I just didn't feel necessary like I understand what she was trying to do and that's why I'm giving her the two stars because I'm like here here's a treat for giving me some <laughs> themes to talk about a treat <laughs> thanks mommy but- for the snack <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the whole idea like I wonder what the rest of the world is like, because the capital controls the known world. I said that in quotation marks. And Snow doesn't know a lot about how the capital has created himself. So I'm wondering, like, are the rest of us just, like, sitting around? Like, I say us because I'm in Canada right now. Um, Are we just sitting around watching you? (laughs) They just built a wall and, like, nobody in, nobody out. And everyone else in the world is just, like, living their best life. I mean, it sort of feels like that with coronavirus, like watching you guys with like the cases spiking while the rest of us are still like inside wondering what's happening. We literally talked about that. My old boss is coming into town and she sent me a picture and she was like, this guy on the plane just took off his shoes and then took off his socks and then like sneezed. But he has a mask on at least. She's like, the lady behind me is just wearing her mask from one ear. And I was like, hmm. Sounds about right for my town, because when I go oh out, God. there's like 15 to 20% of people wearing masks. I'm one of them, and I'm just like, yep. y'all, excuse me. I think it's also like a lot of people here don't know someone personally who's had coronavirus, and I'm like, well, my grandma died, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, But it's, yeah, it's bad and i feel like that's the whole world with the united states which is probably another layer that suzanne wanted to like Mm -hmm. kind of say like this is specifically the u.s for a reason yeah it's the whole like the whole idea of um the capital being like panem like we're exceptional like we're the best of the best yeah very much you can tell america great again before it was make america great again oh my god yeah yeah like i mentioned i think like i'm reading through and it's like the moment that snow 
says i think like the entire book is like broken down to this one exchange between like snow and lucy where he's like you know what i won't miss people except for a handful they're mostly awful if you think about it and then lucy says people aren't so bad really it's what the world does to them so i feel like that's what we were supposed to be getting from it but like at the same time i hate thinking of the idea that some people are gonna think well snow is this way because the capital which is not correct him this way I think for me, like, when Paige had told me that earlier, I was like, it's one of those, like, these are the two far ideologies, and really the reality is somewhere in the middle of those. Mm-hmm. But, like, people yeah. aren't going to get that because nobody in this world right now has reading comprehension, apparently. <laughs> yeah, it's like the whole, like, I'm sure him being raised, it's very obvious that him being raised in the capital and being told that he deserves all these things because he's a snow and snows, snow lands on top <laughs> obviously impacted him. But at the same time, it doesn't impact Tigress or his grandmother. This well, his grandmother is a whole other. But just it doesn't a whole impact racist, Tigress. That's it. <laughs> she is a whole racist, and we just leave her alone in her garden. Like, but yeah, I feel like it's the yeah the whole idea. Like, it has to be a mixture of both. It has to be the person truly believes these things and is willing to sacrifice everything, despite being shown otherwise. Yeah, it's kind of, it's, again, it's that nature versus nurture as well, like, argument that you can go into of, like, is it your environment? Is it, like, what you are born with? And it's like, well, mm-hmm. it's both. I mean, psychopaths can be born and made. Amazing that it can yeah. be both. But, like, it's not just, like, a singular thing that makes a human being terrible. It's... A collection of things and then the choices that they make from those things as well so it's a it's a book you know mm-hmm. it's a book it's a lot of yeah. a book and I was just thinking oh my god I don't know what my brain just my brain hates me but it was like <laughs> thinking about how snow um because I think it's because you said psycho <laughs> like how snow um the first time he kills somebody when he kills the kid in the arena whose name begins with b that I don't remember um He's, like, shook by the fact that he killed somebody. Like, he's very much distraught. He doesn't sleep the entire night afterward. But when he kills the mayor's daughter, whose name I also can't remember, um, he is less so. Like, he feels more vindicated. And it makes you think about the fact, like, it's making me think of, like, all the killings and being, like, because if you do it once, it becomes easier the more yeah you do it. And, like, that's where my brain just went, guys. It's great. Like, we're living our best lives right now. <laughs> and, like, the first time was a lot of self-defense, like, true self-defense. Yeah. But the second time it was more, like, psychological self-defense, not, mm-hmm. like, actual self-defense. Oh, I was going to say something and I can't remember what... And it... then I reminded you of, like, murders. You're welcome. <laughs> I will... This was an aside that has nothing to do with what I was actually trying to think of. But, like, I didn't realize that they all had, like... Mottos? Not mottos, but there were, like, old money families, which makes sense mm. in the world, but, like, you didn't get any of that in The Hunger Games because you're from yeah. Katniss's perspective. Yeah, true. True, 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 true. Yeah, that's the one thing we get. We get that they have old money families and new money from the districts. I remembered what I was going to say. My sister just finished reading this, and she was like, Snow is, like, just a full sociopath, like, full-on mm-hmm. sociopath. And she also talked about how she thought he was a three-wing four. But, like, the most unhealthy, worst kind of three-wing four you could be where you're, like, I just use people. But, like, he is a sociopath. He There are so many times that he's, like, what emotion am I supposed to be feeling or presenting mm-hmm. here? Yeah. It was, yeah, terrifying to read. Like, and the three-wing four thing, 
the wing four jumped out because I think I sent you like a quote where he was like talking about like how he's better than everybody else. Like he's an individual. He's meant to do more. And I was like, the wing four is jumping out on this page specifically. Truly. Uh, he's just the worst. Everything's the worst. And, you know, that's pretty much this book. The more I talk about it, the more I'm like, I'm glad I read it. I'm glad I had some of these discussions, but I also never want to talk about it again. So we're mm-hmm. just living in that parallel world. It's just, especially in this climate and like where we're at in the world, it's so unnecessary of a book. I think if this had come out maybe closer to like 2016 it would have like it still would have been like is this really a necessary book but it would have been like easier to discuss in a way because it would be Mm. at the very start of the trump era and we just have been living it for like four years so it's like well by we i mean i (laughs) i've been watching i've been watching from the sidelines (laughs) but like we're so inundated with that because we live it and have been living it for years, so we're like, why? Why do we need to book talking about the morals of it? Yeah, the whole, just thinking more about it, it feels like it comes from a place of privilege where you mm-hmm. feel like you have the space and, like, the time to be able to have these philosophical discussions about yes. this kind of, like, making it without, like, it emotionally taxing you. Mm. Because, like, I wrote down a note comparing Snow being a police officer, becoming radicalized. It's sort of like the Stanford experiment where people were put in positions of power and they abused it. So it feels, yeah, it feels like it's very privileged for, like, an author to be like, this is what I want to explore because it doesn't impact her in a way that it impacts somebody else reading it being like well this is just more about somebody who would oppress people like me like this is like my oppressor I'm reading about like the oppressor right now sort of yeah yeah that's a very good point that like she even has like the mental energy and capacity to like think on these things is mm-hmm. like a sign of privilege of specifically like white privilege. I think that that was the point I was trying to make when I was sending you all of those like voice notes about like Zeus <laughs> and why do we make <laughs> stories about bad men and like is it a part of like their power like something that we it, we have we have to be forced to discuss these sort of stories because they are the people who are in power and therefore we have to seek to understand them. And, like, I think that was the point I was trying to make. So I'm glad my brain finally figured out what the hell I was trying to think. <laughs> no, it's correct. That's totally, totally correct. And so that's why we've ruled that this is unnecessary. Because yes. it's just a level of privilege that only a certain few people have. Yeah. And it's, like, a lot of the reviews I've watched where people don't like it. They just don't like it because he's an unlikable character. Like, he, you can't root for him. And I'm like, but there's so much more to not like about this book, guys. <laughs> Let me roll up my laundry list. Let's get started. Unlikable characters are not, like, a sign of a bad book Mm -hmm. at all. Like, unlikable characters make things interesting and, like, they make human choices. Snow, I wouldn't argue he's not a human, but I kind of would (laughs) argue he's not a human. Like, he's just so far gone, especially by the end of the book, that he is, like, if you still humanize him, I'm Mm -hmm. like, "Mm." I feel like... There's a couple things that you believe in your worldview and your belief system that are very wrong and you need to think about what you've done. Go sit in the corner and think about <laughs> Yeah, I feel like he just wasn't compelling. Because, like, I think of... Well, I guess because my villains, I like them to be morally gray. I like them to actually be fighting for between good and bad. 
because I think mm-hmm. that's more interesting. But he was just straight up a privileged douche. Yeah. Which I mean, I also wouldn't have really wanted him to be morally. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, yeah, it's one. It's a hard like thing because I get that, and it's like, I agree. I like my villains to be morally gray and be like, is this good? Is this bad? And kind of like going between and towing that line. But like, Snow needed to be just bad. Yeah, exactly. There was like, and I think that that's why this book was doomed because you can't make him redeemable. But in order to root for somebody, they have to have at least one redeemable quality. And, like, yeah. I just read that book entirely being, like, I really wish he would just die. I know he doesn't. I know he lives till he's, like, an old man, which is unfair because Sejanus should have lived because he for was Sejanus. <laughs> and I think, like, you're maybe meant to root for Lucy Gray, but, like, you don't yeah. really get a lot of her. You get Snow. Yeah. And you knew she was doomed from the beginning. You knew that she oh, yeah. was, once she met Snow, that was it for her. I did, we have differing opinions about this, though. You didn't like the ballad. Of Lucy Gray. And I did. I, I didn't think I, it was heavy. I thought it was, like, perfectly. I was like, oh. But maybe that's because it had been a minute since I picked up that book. So I was, like, removed from the rest of the... I mean, I think I liked it. I think I just... Like you said, there's a lot of singing. Yes. And I also think, like, there's just a lot of things I'm like, did we need to tie this back? Like, the Hanging Tree song, I think, was really, like... I liked having that tied back. But everything else, I was kind of like, every song we're going to tie back? Every single mm-hmm. one. Okay, but the ballad was a lot. I think it was fine. I just, it was just like a gateway for Snow to be worse, to be honest. Like, that's mm-hmm. the whole point of the song is him being jealous of a rando dude. So, because he can't own all of Lucy's heart because she's loved someone before. Oh, wait, no, not that one. The one where um, oh. Maud Ivory sings about Lucy Gray, the ghost getting killed by Snow, by a blizzard. That was the one where oh. I was like... Uh, that's the one where I was like, oh, this is like, well, she's going to die because I read this. I know now Snow kills Lucy Gray because it's in this ballad. Oh, I did not pick that up. I think that was fine. I was fine with that s- song. It was just, again, I think I read a lot of songs all at once. Yeah, so, they were. You know. That is like, as I mentioned, my least favorite trope in a book is when you write out song lyrics. Excessive. Because I can't. What does it sound like? Like Hanging Tree was great because I know what Hanging Tree sounds like. But everything else, I'm like. This is just a poem, and I did not come here to read poetry. So, <laughs> this movie is going to be a musical, guys. Like, I literally, when <laughs> they real. got to District 12, and there was the concert scene, I was like, I suddenly feel like I'm in a country movie. What is, he's jealous, <laughs> what is happening? It felt so weird. That, that was completely a tone shift. I completely forgot that until you just, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I will say one thing my sister brought up that I was like, good point, good point, is like, she's like, did you read all of like the Baird family, the Covey family, whatever? I can't remember. What yeah, the Covey. Like, did you yeah. read their name, like their talking in a Southern accent? And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, kind of. And she was like, that's really interesting and like really good writing that Suzanne can make you think that without like, like yeah. it is, but it's not super outright, but you just, from like contextual clues. Yeah, you just like, knew they oh, were yeah. like a, they were a blues band. Like you knew, like I felt like I was watching Nashville, like. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. And then I guess one thing we could discuss is, do you think Lucy Gray actually liked snow or was she like also in a way kind of playing him which we have discussed a little Mm. bit like that's a hard question like i don't know i don't know if she like loved him like she said she did but i do think she knew if she was by his side like she thought that if she was by his side she'd be safe she'd be fine because 
he was taking care of her. But then she realized when Sajanus died and he Snow was an idiot for the first time in this entire book with the way he decided to discuss that he had killed three people and then just didn't say it was Billy Toe. Like, he could have gotten away with it. But that was, uh. that was like, me being evil and being like, he could have just said this. But that entire Big scene... Big three vibes. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, exactly. That was, like, me entering my evil three phase. But that entire scene... What was I trying to say about Lucy? That was the scene where she realized, like, it doesn't matter how close you are to him, if you're in the way of what he wants, he will get rid of you. And then that was interesting as well. Because I feel like she didn't really... I don't think so. Like, I always felt like she was sort of poking fun at him. Yeah, I, like, I think there was, like, a lot of... Because we're kind of from Snow's perspective, we're not, like, first person... That was one thing I disagreed with somebody on where they were like, we're never at, we don't actually ever know his motivations. I was like, no, I think you pretty well know his Mm -hmm. motivations and where he's coming from, even though it is in third person. We're just like, we needed to be that far removed because if we were in first person, it would be not great, not a great time. But you see him see her like her eyes light up, but I'm like, how much of that is filtered through Snow's perspective and like that he actually thinks she believes that about him because she's smart. Like, we've seen it in... We saw it in the games and how she presented herself and how she knew she had to be. And, like, even her quips back at him, like, when he's like, we all had a choice to be here or something like that. And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, actually, I didn't. Yeah. Like, I was forced to be here. And he's like, well, I was too. And I'm like, no, you weren't. Yeah. (laughs) But, like, she's smart. She understands. And I think that's correct. Like, she thinks... If she's with him, she will be safe or, like, protected somehow. Mm-hmm. So she just kind of, like, goes with it. I don't know that she actually, like, is in love with him or, like, he's also, like, at least abusing his position of power where she's concerned as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, I yeah, I feel like there was a couple moments where they were singing, like, because it was the little girl, Maud Ivory, or Maud Ivory, that sang the song about Lucy being killed by Snow. And when the little girl asked, how did you like my song? And it sort of felt like she was mocking him, being like, I know Mm -hmm. you're bad for Lucy. That's, like, what I sort of took away from that, because she was very insistent on, like, figuring out what Snow thought. But he's so fucking dumb and drunk at that time that he doesn't realize, like, the implications. Yeah. I feel like if he wasn't drunk, he would have realized, like, this song is literally about him killing Lucy Gray. Yeah. So, like, I feel like everybody knew he was dangerous. It was just, like, was he a danger to them was what they were trying to figure Mm -hmm. out. Yeah. I think that's where people are, like, the romance made me sick. I hated the romance. And I was, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know that I would even classify it as a romance romance, as much as a, like, one-sided kind of thing. Like, Snow is just so, like, set on her. And I'm just not as convinced that she's, like, fully in like that. So it's not really a romance as much as it is, like, a display of abuse of power and, like, Mm -hmm. the belief that he can own things and people. Like, that's what it was a sign of or, like, that's what it was supposed to be representing, not, like, a romance. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't trust anything because it's all from Snow's perspective still. Even if it's in third person, it's still, like, only what he knows of the world, so... Well, we've discussed this book for almost an hour. I feel like we can cut it off here and never talk about it again. <laughs> Sounds like a great plan to comes me. Out. Yeah, until the movie comes. Who? Okay, pause. Who are they gonna cast to play Snow? Because I feel <laughs> bad for whoever that what is. What if it's Sam Claflin? I'm just kidding. He's. Too I would old. literally. <laughs> I was about to keel over and just end it. Like expire right it's here. It's Noah Centineo. That's who it is. <laughs> 
Oh my god. <laughs> I'm screaming. Oh my god. Oh my god. Just I'm think of prepared. like who are the popular YA people now and it's just one of them. He would have to, Yeah, it yeah. Yeah. It would track. I can see it. Well, to lighten up the mood, we <laughs> will give you a little sneak peek of what we're going to do for next season. We are going to be watching da, 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 da. Woo! Avatar the Last Airbender. Woo! <laughs> so it just came on Netflix for the United States, even though I do own the Blu-ray, DVD, whatever's <laughs> of them because I'm very passionate about owning them. But we're mainly doing this A as a palate cleanser. Mm-hmm. B Paige has never seen this show. All I've seen is that really bad movie. <laughs> She's only seen the movie, guys. For all of the fans out there, it's just... I should have sent you a TikTok I saw of, like... I think it was a Thomas Sanders TikTok of coming downstairs. And it was, like... He, like, came down the stairs and he's and his friend's like, I'm watching Avatar. And he's like, oh, great. And she's like, the movie. And he's like, uh. And he, she's like, it's about a really cool guy named Ung. And he's like, you're, you're, saying, you're saying it wrong. Like, I knew That's the movie us. was bad. And I knew it wasn't representative of the series. So I'm very excited to see. Because it's also, like, what that um, Children of Blood and Bone is what that is based on. So I feel like I have, like, periphery of, like, what the story oh, is, is going to be like. Yeah. That makes apparently. sense. Apparently. Yeah, that's what she kept saying at, like, the panels I saw. The author told me at Miami at Y'all Fest that one year, but she that said tracks. she was really, yeah. So, like, I feel like I understand, like, I think I know what I'm getting myself into, and I'm ready for it. I know there's a redemption arc I'm... that is, like, the best redemption arc ever, which I am excited for. <laughs> it I is. need one of those now after this book. <laughs> I think I've only rewatched the series once, and it has been a couple years since I fully rewatched it. I'm also interested to see who you ship. Okay. Because I was just like a full on Katara Ang shipper because I love friends to lovers. Yeah. It's my heart. I my feel like I'm not love. gonna I feel like I already know what's gonna what my ship's gonna be. I don't know the character <laughs> names, but I know what they look like and I feel like they're gonna end up together. I think I know who it's gonna be for you yeah. too. But we'll see if my, my opinions change. Yeah. When I'm when I'm watching. But very excited about it. I just can't wait to rewatch it. I'm so excited. I know, this is going to be great. Like, I'm actually excited to get into this one. <laughs> it's going to be so great. It's going to be much better than The Battle of the Songbirds and Snakes. I mean, this, this like, series started off so well. Like, we, we, we enjoyed ourselves for the Hunger Games part of this. And we really thought, like, January, we were like, this is our year, 2020, going to be great. <laughs> Alas. Alas. We have social medias. You can follow us there. All of the info is in the show notes because the username is different in different platforms. Yeah. Unfortunately. It's, people like took some of the things and I don't know how they, they took them in 2017 and never used them. Please let us have it on Twitter. Please. <laughs> Truly, please. But you can find us there. You can email us, scream about this book if you feel like it. Go for it. We will be here to catch all of those screaming thoughts. It's true. For you. Yeah. I will 100% be here to hate snow forever. Love it. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.